Right then, welcome or welcome back to the Midnight Podcast, where we have super in-depth, authentic, super transparent, open conversations with an array of different entrepreneurs from many different industries. I really want to make this a podcast known for going super in-depth on loads of topics that other podcasts are scared to speak about. I feel like most stuff out there these days is just super surface level, super vanilla, and doesn't really answer the questions that viewers and listeners want to hear. So that's what we're trying to do. Keep it real and keep it raw. I'm sure you'll get a huge amount of value listening or watching the pod wherever you are. And if you do, don't forget to subscribe, recommend it to a friend, leave a like and a comment and just let us know what you think. And yeah, really hope you enjoy this episode. Right, we're back with episode 55 of the Midnight Pod. We're in Bali. Um... Guess is Jordan Hill. We'll introduce him in a second. Or Horden Jill, as he's more famously known on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> We're drinking very expensive Balinese Cabernet Merlot. The intro of the pod has now become a wine review. So, we'll one this tonight. Let's go down the road to pick that up. Um, you're the first guest we've ever had in Bali, because it's yeah. the first pod we've done in Bali. Probably the first one actually at midnight, which is very on brand. Yeah, shit. It's literally. Oh, no. It's 22 minutes yeah. to midnight. I thought we had to do an episode because obviously people have seen your, bro- your brother's episode. I'm not going to make it about him, but I feel like it's a fucking small world on Twitter and so on. You've built up a following and a notoriously well-known client base, I think. I feel like everyone that's fucking in the e-commerce space comes to you now for landing page <laughs> stuff, web dev stuff. Yeah. And what's the business called? That works. That works. I've just dealt yeah. with you directly. You've done some of Space Good stuff, so anyone that sees yeah, yeah. the landing pages on Black Friday and shit. And Adam. That was all Jordan. And Adam, the pod gods over yeah. there. We've Nick actually Dog. got an incredible roster of e-commerce magicians <laughs> off camera. If you can spot a hoof yeah. on the floor, that is a person who will remain private for this episode until he comes on. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of We've got some other big room. names over there as well. <laughs> Not on the episode yet. Um, yeah, Elon Musk actually behind the camera. Yeah, he, he's there as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, fuck, where was I? So I guess, yeah, that works agency, web development. Yeah. I feel like I know a bit of your story, just through Jimmy and obviously all our mates and so on. But I think you've got an interesting one and I want to get to know a bit more. So yeah. I guess just going back, I always go back to when people were like a fucking kid. Yeah. And then how they got into living this way. Because I guess just for more context, what, you've been travelling full time for like the past what? Yeah, on and off for like sort of the past 14 months or so. Stacking yeah. cash. Like mainly just around Europe and that, and then now now Asia. Been Asia for the sort of past couple of months, right enough. Yeah, and how do you get into that in the start? Like go back to like childhood, school, uni, um, etc. Which I don't even know if you went to uni or not, but we'll get. No, into so it. I didn't actually go to uni. So I started, well, pretty much in school, <laughs> same as everyone else. But I wasn't really like stand out in any way. Like I was actually a pretty shit kid, like naughty in class and that kind of stuff. But. I suppose like I've always wanted to do my own business. So I remember like probably one of the oldest memories would be I always wanted to like make a footy camp because I was like really into footy. Mm. And I was Googling like ways to make money and all of it was like just pretty generic, like get a job in a bar or something like that. Obviously couldn't do it because I was probably about 10 or something at the time. Um, so I used to like go to home and I was like, right, I want to make a footy camp. And I'd go onto my computer and I'd make posters and everything. But I've always like wanted to essentially do something on myself. Um, first ever actual business. So it was when 
Jimmy's started Herbust. So it's going well, it's probably like a year in or something like that. And I'm seeing him do e-com and this kind of stuff and it kind of like inspired me in a way. So I actually started a supplement brand. So oh, really? it was called like Ignite Fitness. So you probably got to find something on Instagram or Facebook or something like that. Yeah. We started with a pre-workout and it was just a shit like supplement brand uh, or like supplement wholesaler, so to say. Doing like private labels. When you were like 14 at this point? 14, 15, yeah. yeah. Like really, really low minimal, minimum order quantities. I was actually in college at the time. And I remember like there was a massive delay like straight away. So stuff wasn't being shipped. I got a bit of money off my dad to actually place the order for the products and everything like that. And I remember like my dad, I was like ringing him up, like constantly ringing him up and they're saying, yeah, 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 it'll be delivered like next week. And it went on for like six weeks and the supplier was just like constantly fobbing me off. And I think they knew I was like 14. Anyway, my dad was running the business at the time and he was like in the office next door or in the room next door in his office. And then and one day just like turned around, I was like, where's this shit? I'm like, it's just not been delivered. They keep fobbing me off. I was getting upset. They weren't replying to my emails and anything. So he ended up like ringing him up, giving him like a full mouthful down the phone. Anyway, mm. two weeks later, the, the stock arrives. Um, quickly realized I don't know anything about business. Like, well, you were 14. Yeah. <laughs> I literally had like yeah. nothing about business, no money or anything. But my, my mind was just like, get the products. So I got to there and I was like, oh shit, now what? So started Googling, like, right, I want to make a video. So searching around, managed to get like a, learn Illustrator to create a packaging, stick the label. It just came in like a black tub. It's just like some tropical pre-workout. And by the way, it tastes absolutely shit. Yeah, like it's a like pro- white label. Yeah, but it's like really bad. Yeah. Like everybody that tried it, bearing in mind like in the gym at the time, because I was going to the gym, everyone was like, oh, like excited for the pre-workout to come out. They were trying like, uh, it's like Jack 3D at the time. It's oh, like, yeah. All them like yeah, crack pre-workouts. Yeah, it's like uh, all them brands. Anyway, I rock up. I'm like, right, yes. Got my, got my samples and everything. Um, everyone was like, oh yeah. Really nice. <laughs> like it's, it's tasted so shit, like bitter. Um, but yeah, from there, I was like, right, do some marketing. So made the label, made a few mock-ups and stuff like that. But at the time, I didn't realise it. But I was like learning skills so fast, like Illustrator, After Effects, WordPress, like make my own website and stuff like that. Um, sold it into a few gyms. Started selling it to a few mates, like just collecting the cash and everything. Probably got about like half, through half my units. And then my mate came to the gym with me. It's called Cam, if he's watching. Um, probably not. And he was like, never had pre-workout before. But he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll try it. Like, 15-year-old kid. He ended up taking about six scoops. Give me a heart attack, that. Yeah. So this, <laughs> so this is where it went wrong. Took six scoops. I left, for the, went home after the gym. Straight away, getting ready for my like, shift at the Chinese walking down the road and my phone starts blowing off it's cam's girlfriend it's like jordan what the fuck's in that pre-workout i'm like what it's like cam's been admitted to hospital and they wanted to know what's in it so i'm like sending pictures of the label and everything like that and i'm like it's from a proper place like how many scoops is he meant to have like one one two max never had pre-workout to like six scoops yeah like trying to be hard i mean Mm. um so then yeah he ended up being okay i think he's like lung collapsed (laughs) <laughs> something Fuck mental. Um, I was like in work, like trying to do these dishes, like <laughs> shaking, like looking at my phone. Um, and 
Yeah, then after that, he, he recovered, he was okay. He was still on the shelf in the gyms and people were coming in going, is that that pre-workout that made someone collapse? They're like, oh yeah, I'll have yeah. some of that. But after that, it was like, done. But from there, that was me first like getting into e-com, even though I never sold anything online. Or like, well, my first foray into business, essentially. Mm. So after that, I just didn't do anything for a little bit. Because I kind of like, was only going to like two lessons or like the minimum lessons I could do in college to like actually work on this. My dad was like, right, that obviously didn't work. What are you going to do? So found me an apprenticeship in digital marketing. So joined this agency. It was just like two like directors and his brother. Mm. It was in this tiny box room. And I was obviously sat next to the director in like a corporate job and just, yeah, picked up. What were you like 17? By now, what? 16. 16. 15, 16, yeah. So th this is all like quite tight together. So I got my job there and yeah, just ended up doing like a lot of creative stuff originally. And I was like making vines. So when vine was a thing, um, for, like soup brands and shit like that. Mm. <laughs> just the clients that they had at the time. Um, and then, yeah, then I was, I was quite creative. So that was like the first path that the agency sort of taught me down. But really, I was interested in e-com, growth marketing, performance marketing, that kind of stuff. So quickly sort of went into Facebook ads, email marketing, but it's still a very small team. So I'm designing the emails, going on to MailChimp, mm -hmm. sending them out, dealing with the client, doing the Facebook ads, like yeah. proper sort of <laughs> straight in there with the, with the customers, essentially. So I learned like a hell of a lot through there. Um, from that point, probably worked there for like three or four years. The business grew, that kind of stuff. Um, and you finished school at this point? Yeah, so I didn't, so you I finished didn't do school. Animals. Yeah, I went to college, didn't get anything at college. Yeah. Dropped out of college, went into an apprenticeship. And I was like, my, my work started there. It's probably a better way to do it in reality, isn't it? I reckon so, yeah. yeah a lot of people, especially yeah. with uni. It's I pointless mean, for most people, isn't it? I mean, like naming no names, but like I was coming out of my apprenticeship at the time, so that was when people go in uni. Mm. I'm like qualified in digital marketing, know loads about business, good people skills from like dealing with clients and stuff like that. I suppose it's like a lot different to a lot of apprenticeships because I think most of the time it's like you just, uh, particularly on like building sites and shit, you just the tea boy, <laughs> like running yeah. around like doing coffee and stuff like that. Were your um, parents entrepreneurial? Hey? Did you come from an entrepreneurial family? Yeah, yeah. What, like, what did your parents do? I did back then. So my, did, my dad did like selling products into supermarkets and stuff like that. My mum's a yoga teacher, self-employed. Oh yeah. And then I've just got my two other brothers. Are they, they're entrepreneurial? Yeah, yeah. Wait, two other brothers? Yeah. Oh, well, obviously, yeah, I think about other than Jimmy. So Jimmy and... Jimmy and Joe. Yeah, right, so it's three total. Jesus, yeah, yeah, yeah. give him a shout out. Wait, so you're all Jay? Yeah, yeah, James J. Jordan. Oh, right. So yeah. I'm actually, so you know the film Space Jam? No. Oh, it's got Michael Jordan in it, and I'm named after... So everyone jokes, like, here, particularly in Bali. It's like, I'm Jordan. I go, oh, I'm Michael Jordan. Yeah. But they watched Space Jam, and it was uh, Michael Jordan's in it. And then they went to my mum and dad, and I'm like, oh, can we name the baby Jordan? It was like, yeah, yeah so it's... Makes sense. <laughs> Origin story. Um, but, yeah, like, from there, so working in my job, um, decided... And I ended up, like, getting really depressed, to be honest, so... It was because a lot of my mates like finished college, went off to uni, moved away. I'm still at home. What on like 20 grand at this point a year? So like 
Still a good salary for my age, like 18. Yeah. Um, turning 19. And then I just decided, like, fuck it. Have a word with, like, Jim and yeah, stuff like that. Gave me the confidence to do it. And set up a business selling mental health training to schools. Oh, really? Which is, like, <laughs> pretty niche. But it was, like, the... My, like... Who was doing the training? Was it online? Yeah, yeah, so... Who's actually doing it, though? So it's pretty crooked. Like therapy? So, well, I was, I was going, like... Dropshipping therapy? Dropshipping courses, but <laughs> it's, like, a little bit different, so... Yeah. I was, like, going out, like... So whilst I was starting it, I was still working. So I'm, like, going to Tesco on dinner time on the phone, ringing up, like, all the mental health people and, the, like, counsellors. I'm, like, please, can you do a course? And I think you could just tell from my voice at the time, like, so young. So everybody ignored me. Until one person was like, yeah, I'll do a course. So I'm like, mm. sick. Agreed a price, like 300 quid. I can't remember what my first course was, but it was probably something around like mentally healthy classrooms and like how to spot issues with kids. Like, you know, if kids coming in scruffy, like if their mood like suddenly changes for like a prolonged period of time. Mm. And that course. what we used to do was like, so it was predominantly just email marketing, because that was my main skill. And when you're dealing with a school, you can't just like do a Facebook ad because the decision maker actually buys it. They're on an evening, don't have access to the work card. So there's no Facebook ads impulse purchase. Everything's just for email while they're sat at the desk on mm. the computer. Yeah. So what we did was um, I created a slideshow PowerPoint with their content. They recorded a Zoom. I put their head on the PowerPoint and we pretended that he was buying tickets for a webinar. Yeah. So even like right to the end, you had like fake questions and it was, you know. So you were doing the fake live webinar before that was a thing? Yeah, legit. Like right at the end, it was like fake question from this person. And then whilst it, I think it was on, it was like some kind of like webinar system. And when, when they submitted a question, we used to reply to them afterwards. But we had fake ones within as if and the presenter would go like, okay, so we just had a question in from this person at this school. Yeah. And yeah, they'll just like answer it, but it was all just completely planted. And then we used to do like, oh, this date's sold out, do another email run and like pretend like build fake hype for the email, for, yeah. the, for the webinar. Um, ended up doing that for like year, year and a half. So who, who was buying that? It was the customers, schools? Yeah, schools. Or teachers? Yes, uh, school teachers and head teachers. Who would pay for it? The teachers? The school. The school, right. Yeah, but this comes on to like why it failed eventually. Or like, well, it didn't fail, but sacked it off. Mm. So you can't buy, so the head teacher, right, I want that webinar. They have to email the accountant to buy it. And then the accountant has to fill it out. And it's like such a ball ache and there's mm. so many processes from the customer side. So we didn't even have like payment gateways. It was like invoice gateway. So you fill out all the information and we send the school an invoice. And it was like 65 quid to 100 quid a go. So there's a lot of admin involved. And it was just me at the time like raising like hundreds of invoices for 65 quid. It was <laughs> like so long. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we just, we ended up doing like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these. And the issue of it was, well, well to be honest, it, like, was, it turns like marketing, it was running Facebook ads to get email addresses, to then email them about the courses and giving away like resources. Um, and then you could do like Freedom of Information Act requests to yeah. get like admin at email addresses, like, because all that stuff's like public domain. It's not like with an e-com brand, you can't just take personal data and like start a new brand and start emailing people yeah gdpr yeah i'm sure people do it like yeah, drop shipping <laughs> um but yeah you can't do any of that because it's all well you can do it sorry because it's public 
available data. Yeah. So a head teacher is like a public servant, essentially. So you're full-time on this? Yeah, yeah. When you were, what, 18? 18, 19, yeah. Like, so niche. Yeah, so random. Like, yeah. I felt like a G like, when I quit, because I was like making my own money. Like, yeah. I, they used to send me checks as well. So I mean, You're living at home at this point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they used to send checks. Sometimes they won't even fucking pay, because schools are so backwards. Like, they're sending a check. So every morning without fail, when I was running the course, straight downstairs, I knew the postman. I'd see him coming, run to the door, get the checks come through. It's like 65 quid every time. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes I get like 20, 30 through. Drive straight down to the uh, bank, put them in. And like, I remember like it, it started getting bigger and bigger. And then the bank manager came up to me and was like, where the fuck are you getting? <laughs> where are all these fucking like yeah. checks coming from? And they're like, oh, it's, I explained it. It was like a legit business. I'm like, I'm mad. <laughs> like cool. people just couldn't believe it. Um, but yeah, like it did well, but the, the issue was with it because it's invoice payment, check payment, schools have, you can't determine to a school your payment, uh, you know, your payment terms. They yeah. just pay you 30 days, 60 days. And because there's so much volume of them, they were getting lost, sent to spam. Like I was doing them. It's not scalable. Yeah. It's it like hard, hardly scalable. Um, and at this time, like, which is bad, but you know, when they say start a business, they say do a P&L on yourself first. So reduce all your expenses and stuff like that. Six months prior, I've signed up to a fucking Golf GTD <laughs> brand new Volkswagen off the lot. Yeah. So I'm like paying this. Um, and yeah, like personal expenses, business expenses, paying forward like three courses before we can collect the money. All that shit just like, yeah, it was just really, really, really hard. But it did give me like... If I could do that, I was like, I knew I could be successful at something else. Because like, to be doing it at that age, and like all the shit I used to do, I used to feel like a genius, like <laughs> like a mad person in the lab, like making these fucking fake webinars and shit like that. Yeah. Um, so from there, I uh, just started like doing. Well, I think no, somebody contacted me to who one of my mum's friends or something because she wanted a website and she knew I was doing mental health stuff. So I just built a like a website for like two hundred quid. And the next thing, my mate who's an electrician was like. I can have a website. And he's like, yeah. Brought him around to my house, sat him in my bedroom. So you've been, been self-employed entirely since you were 18? Yeah. I'm mad. I didn't <laughs> know that. I thought it was less than that. No, no. Yeah, like four and a half years now. Um, maybe more, like four, four or five years. Yeah. Um, yeah, like from there, it was like doing these websites. And everyone just wanted websites because in Scunthorpe, where I'm from, it's like very like backwards it's town. Sunny. Yeah, sunny's goody. It's like... 90% of the people are employed by like the steelworks and it's yeah not like a <laughs> techie place in like any way shape or form so people didn't even have websites at this time like even though at the time you know the internet has evolved at that point like there's a lot of people with websites like um so yeah I just started flogging these websites and I was getting paid a deposit which I'm not used to because normally I'm waiting for fucking three months to get a 65 quid check yeah um, and also my cash flow starts building. I'm like, okay, this is actually pretty sick. Um, so I was doing more and more, putting my price up, going into doing WordPress stuff, and I, it just reached a point where I was making more from that than my school stuff. Struggling with the cash flow. Started doing the freelancing, trying to do a little bit more of like the performance marketing stuff. So there was one time when I was working in the gym as well, like doing like little off shifts and stuff for a bit of cash. I created this like leaflet, but it was like, <laughs> 
you can go back on like web what is it web archive or something yeah yeah so, so you, you can go back see my first website it's jordanhillfreelance.co.uk so this one's why i'm going to do it as a business yeah, a bird just a bird just broke up with me i was like right fucking yeah let's get going gave me loads breakups of the way to start the next thing yeah best way <laughs> legit i was like heartbroken like at this point like and I was like, right, give me some motivation. I was like, right, I'm going to do this freelance stuff properly and like really go for it. So I made Jordan Hill freelance and I was like, right, how can I get some customers? So I made this like flyer. I, took, I got a photo of me in a suit, <laughs> right? really? which ended up becoming like a meme. Like people cut it out and fucking used to send it to each other. Like It's like the fucking iPhone copy and paste. That we yeah, do legit. And, what's that? and uh, I made this like flyer. It was me in a suit, like saying what I do. Worst thing I ever did put some flyers in the gym I was working at, put about 10 in. I was like, used to go in every day asking if people are taking them. Like, nah, all people were doing is flipping them over and just drawing shit on the picture of me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd get, like, I, I used sometimes used to like find a it meme funny. campaign, but before it was a meme. <laughs> yeah, I should have owned it really. But like, yeah. I'd get, sometimes I'd just go in and find it funny. Other days I'm going in, I'm like fuming thinking, I'm trying to fucking do a, do a business here and people are just like drawing shit on me, like yeah. <laughs> getting a, Get real upset about it, but yeah, just ended up going from there, um, doing loads of websites. Then COVID hit. Initial reaction was a lot of my customers like local businesses, and straight away, like deposits for like p- projects people were going to go ahead with, not going to do it. Deposits and final payments started coming in late, and it was just me at the time. And I was like, right, fuck. Yeah, I was going to say, before that, how are you actually making the stuff? You just... Legit just me. Just you? But you're using like page builders or what? Yeah, I was using Wix and like WordPress. Yeah. So I can't actually code. Right, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I was was, like quite creative like from the agency work. Yeah, you just provided the end result. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was like just designing shit out and I used to, I bought a camera as well. I had literally like 300 quid in my account. Bought a 300 quid camera and mum was having a go at me like, you need to fucking pay your car bill. (laughs) Yeah. I was like getting into debt at this point like, it wasn't going well. Um, bought this camera, started going around, like knocking on doors, like literally physically going onto car garages. I'm like, you haven't got a website. Do you want one? Mm. Like, yeah, how much? And everything in Scunthorpe's cash, because it's dodgy. Yeah. And like, I started all of a sudden, like, walking up to places, doing a sale for a website for 550 quid with my camera in my backpack, taking the photos, going away, doing it in a day, sending them a website the next day. Yeah. But then there was like these little pockets of like industrial estate. So I'm going up to this car garage and then the next person next door Is this pre-COVID? This is like pre-COVID slash in-COVID. Yeah. Next door's going, fucking I don't want want a website like that. Go up, accept the cash. Um, Again, everyone's dealing in cash. Then I was like... Even in 2020? Yeah. It's a a crooked place, isn't it? I've never been. (laughs) I've heard a lot. Yeah, you don't want to go... Um, yeah, like going into these car garages. Next thing, Jim uh, wants one. Fucking tire place wants one. Beauty therapist wants one. And I was just making my way around, and I was I was actually doing okay out of it. Um, then yeah, during COVID, and then started getting busier and busier. Got my friend on Jacob, who was like doing the videos as well. So if a customer wanted a video, I'd get my mate Jacob to film it and like put that on the website. Do like a bit of an upsell, a bit of a package. Yeah. Um, got busier and busier, so he came on, um, started helping out, and then I applied to be like this Wix partner because we were doing so many of these websites on Wix. Wix was like, oh, I just use Wix. Hey, I just use Wix. It's actually class, wasn't it? I had some weird shit I made on Wix. Yeah. Before Shopify, like 
before I even claimed being an entrepreneur. They can literally make like a website in a day. This yeah. isn't an advert for Wix, but it is class. I still stand by it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like so Wix was like, do you want to become a partner? So I was like, okay, let's do it. Like I paid like 2K or whatever it was to, to fast track myself to be on this marketplace. Mm. All of a sudden, like from f working with the algorithm on the Wix marketplace, I've managed to get to the point where we're getting like 30 leads a day, <laughs> like, which is, cr which is like absolutely crazy now. Like I don't get 30 leads a day now, obviously it's more high ticket stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we built it up to be like 30 leads a day. It was going crazy. Started doing like PPC, um, started building a team to hiring VAs and I had one VA who used to like, just cause you couldn't do any automation on the Wix marketplace. It's just a lead used to come in. And then we used to do the PPC leads. They just full time copying the data from that into our sales CRM. And was the offer specifically websites still? It was only websites, yeah. Like, literally just, just And at what point did you hire someone to actually do the building other than you? Within like six months. And where did you find them? The Filipino. Yeah. Still with me today. <laughs> Is that the guy that did my stuff? No, no, no. It's called John, he's, he's still with me today. I went to go see him. In oh the yeah, Philippines. I saw yeah. that, I was lit. Yeah, kept him with me from, the, from day one. So he actually does all the the building, he doesn't just do like the, the, the lead management and so on. Yeah, yeah, so I taught him how to use it. Because he used to do like UX design before for like yeah. another company. Taught him how to do Wix stuff and he fucking still loves it today. Like sometimes we get a job in that's like Wix and he's fucking buzzing. Because normally he's doing like Figma, XD, yeah. all that kind of stuff. He's fucking buzzing when we get a Wix website because that's like our roots. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we had some full time copying leads into a sales system. Every day I wake up and there was like Jacob uh, who was with me yeah. from the start. He uh, was a videographer before, but obviously all I got like shut down for COVID because you can go anywhere. Yeah. But there's this huge influx of leads like through COVID and stuff. So it's like every day, me and him on the phone, like wake up, 15 leads each, trying to ring people. But obviously, if some don't answer, they go into the next day, which is follow up the next day. Mm. So all of a sudden, every day we're making like 50 calls. And I got a co-working space, got like a dedicated desk, and the business started becoming like an actual thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's where we started, and then. As soon as I got like my first e-com client, I noticed straight away that people, an e-com customer, which is actually what I actually prefer because that's what I was doing within my agency job and what my expertise is. They are like repeat customers because every month wants stuff updated. Yeah. So before I'm used to doing a website for 750 quid for like a beauty therapist who never updates it, or probably updates it itself and ruins it, never wants to pay for the updates. And like 50 quid an hour to them, 75 quid an hour, 100 quid an hour, that's like extortionate. Like fucking hell, like I'm doing nails for like 15 quid for an hour. Like yeah. it's a different breed of clientele. So there's a lot of admin, like for not a lot of work. So we could only afford to have like Filipino workers on it. Um, and then yeah, like quickly realized that e-com was the way to go. And, but it's just harder to acquire that customer because there isn't as many of them as there is local businesses. It's every 20 agencies for every fucking... Yeah, <laughs> yeah legit. That's the way I see it. Yeah. There's a lot of competition. Um, yeah, and that, that's when we rebranded to That Works and then started building the e When was that, 2021? Uh, yeah, like 2020, 2021. Yeah. Um, started doing like more e-com stuff on Shopify particularly and then my brother like never wanted to obviously he's like wildly successful in his, in his own realm. He'd give me advice and stuff like that and, and help me out like verbally when I could get hold of him because <laughs> he's busy. Yeah. Uh, he's a busy cunt. But so from 
there he was like needed a new website and he came to me yeah. he was like do you want to build a website on Shopify so I'm like yeah and from that point we started working with Herders and yeah just grew and grew and grew from that point onwards really hired more developers more UX designers started going into email stuff like building out systems and yeah do you think you felt pressure to to build something of your own because you've seen Jimmy be so successful. A million percent. <laughs> yeah, and, and also on that, do you think do you think you'd have ever done it if you hadn't seen him go and do well for himself? Yeah, because he was actually the one who like <laughs> it's a funny story, but like two main motivations was like one day when he came and picked me up in a Porsche. <laughs> I was like yeah. driving it around like fuck me, this is sick. Like he let me drive it. I'd only just got a driving license at that point. Yeah. And then then like the amount of fire it's, it's sad that a lot of people don't have this experience like it, being around gym like being around they don't see what's possible exactly yeah like my mate he we went to Leeds uh, sorry London together and like he met Jim and like all this stuff and on the way home he's just thinking about like business ideas and, and I saw like I had that experience but he had it as well and I could see it happening it's like when you when you're around that kind of stuff it like yeah. automatically stuff like becomes possible to you um, but yeah like so I went true went to back to the questions, like, went to go see a gym, like, really depressed at work and stuff. And, like, I remember the moment, so I'm in the car, and he's, like, about to drop me off at the police station in his Lambo. No, sorry, train station. <laughs> yeah. In his Lambo and that, and he was like, yeah, just fucking, you'll feel loads better if you have a business. And I was like, yeah, to be fair, it does, like, it, it gives you, like, a lot of fulfillment, essentially. And it was something that I was not concerned about, but... Some, it's like an itching desire inside of me because obviously I've done the pre-workout thing which wasn't anything special but and I was working in a company I've seen them make money and my mind straight away is just going to I could do that I could do that mm. yeah that's that's what really drove me to to start something which I wish a lot of people could experience like I think I've been lucky to have like the path I've had um, but still it does require a lot of work and lot of depression along the way. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't always like sunshine and rainbows. Um, but yeah, ended up like doing okay in the end. Do you think if you hadn't had Jimmy's brother, you'd have, you'd have gone the similar path eventually? I do think about this. Um, or do you think there was ever, because obviously you said you started super young. It's not like, I thought you, I didn't know the story. I thought maybe you'd fucking kind of got a normal job and then one day you decided to do this. Sounds like no, you fucking no. started when you were 15. Yeah, yeah, go for a while. Like I even tried to do a fucking CV templates like sell them for like people who wanted jobs and stuff yeah build templates um that was whilst i was working well, yeah I've, i think i've always have done it but i think the more you work the longer you work in a job you get more comfortable i think people are too comfortable to take the risk and do it like for me they get stuck in the matrix 100 percent. yeah it's like they've, they've been working in a job for 10 years they're scared of losing the job they've that's got actually a mortgage, so true got kids like everything i always like think about this because like I don't, I've, I've always, never, I've never gone into like a proper job. Yeah. I had a burger bar job when I was at uni, it was the last thing. And it's then trap, ever since then, I've been surrounded by entrepreneurs. Yeah, monthly wages. Addicted. And even with the ups and downs, of which there's been many, yeah. would never even cross my mind to not do my own thing. But I'd always like think. Which is probably my biggest blessing that I've always been exposed to it. Yeah. I'd always think like, am I making the best use of my time? Like if I was laid in bed, like watching Netflix, like seven o'clock and my business wasn't where I wanted to be but I'm 20 years old. I've got an opportunity to run a business now. I don't have kids, don't have a house, don't have a lot of outgoings. 
I've got a lot of free time. Why the fuck are I using that time on the business? So I used to always like, it just like click in my head and I'd be back on my desk like straight away. And I think like that it was because I, I just had this fear of being like 35 and like almost going backwards. I never want to be going backwards ever. And it was, it was always that thought of like wasting the moment I have. And I don't want to be here in like 10, 20 years looking back thinking, why well, the fuck didn't I use that time when I was younger to make a business? Because yeah, I think it is, it is right that like working in a job, you know, and that path is like good for some people. Like, do you know what I mean? They yeah. don't want to take that risk and they're happy with the family stuff. But for the people that do have that desire to be an entrepreneur, like the earlier you do it, the better, because all that's going to happen is you're going to become more secure in your job. You have more people that rely on you, like kids, more outgoings and, and that kind of stuff. You've also got more time to stack experience, don't you? Yeah. So I always lose perspective on age. Like, mm. I don't know. And then, and then you realise, fuck, well. Yeah. Did you go to uni? You did yeah, but I dropped out twice. Really? Yeah. What was you doing the first time? Business. Yeah. Dropped out after six weeks. Went to do a placement in mergers and acquisitions in Mayfair. That was the first time I saw like proper entrepreneurs. Yeah. Even though it was like a very different world, like suits and ties and shit. But yeah, and then went back to uni to do graphic design, then switched from that to do advertising and then left. But at that point I discovered yeah. like drop shipping and e-com and I had a clothing brand and all that shit. Yeah. What got you into it to begin with? It was like your mates doing it or did I, you I, Adam was it? the only one I knew doing, doing anything e-com. First thing I ever did was I had a clothing brand called Gentry Club. Gentry Club? Yeah. Gentry Club. It was so yeah. shit. But yeah, I just had white t-shirts and I printed a logo on them. <laughs> I, I, just, I used to design that. logos. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't know yeah. what the vehicle was. Yeah. And then it gradually happens and gradually happens. And before you know it, you've been doing it like six years. Can you do like any 3D stuff or is it just like Illustrator? Just Illustrator. Yeah, layouts yeah. and stuff. Logos and shit, yeah. Yeah, fair. Yeah. But once you're out of the matrix, you're never back, no. in my opinion. Once you see like what's possible. It's equally as addicting as a wage. <laughs> More, I yeah. mean, I don't know, I've never had a normal job, but yeah. Yeah, just escape the system. So in terms of the actual business, I can come back to that for a second. I can get philosophical again afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> How do you structure it now? Because obviously you, you seem pretty fucking laid back and traveling a lot, particularly in the past year, like you said. Mm. Was there like more of a fucking grind period where you were just like properly glued to a screen, getting shit done, and now you're enjoying the fruits? Or have you just built systems and a team that allow you to live this nomadic lifestyle? So I haven't even seen you fucking work in the past two days. Mate, I've been doing work earlier. Yeah, probably. <laughs> For any clients that are listening, I do do work, by the way. <laughs> yeah, true. I'm going to have to put an affiliate link in this in this. You kind of sleep me for... <laughs> no, so, yeah, there's, all, there's always been like the grind period to get going. Um, but I have always been good at giving away responsibility. So I do just like trust people, probably too much. So originally... It was like, and I, I'm always on my phone, like working. Like if something comes in, I do reply to it straight away. But originally, when I did start going into Shopify, I was using like Indian developers. Mm. Fucking hell! Like, if you're an e-com brand, like, and you just need little tiny bits and bobs doing, it's cool. But there comes a point where like you need a certain level of communication. You need somebody to like own a project. You need really, really good developers who know how to do the job properly and just wasn't getting that from like outsourcing to Indian companies and like nothing wrong with India but you know Indian companies 
and like the freelancers yeah. that you find on, on that freelancer and that kind of stuff. Um, so I quickly learned, which was something my brother told me, about like particularly comms and stuff like that. Like at the time I was thinking, do I need to be making SOPs and like doing all this shit, but I was only a small team. And Jim was like, nah, just hire people who are really good at the job and they don't require management. And I didn't think anything of it at the time until I could actually. I'm still shit at that. Yeah, legit. I found a few of them that are really good now, but it's taken years. Yeah. But it, it took me so long to realize that, mainly because I couldn't afford anybody better at the time because my prices were so low. I was doing a full Shopify theme for two grand. Like, you know, it's 10, 20 times that now. <laughs> but I couldn't afford anybody good. But as soon as I hired somebody good, I was like, fucking hell. That's, it just removes How did you find good people? Because I still struggle with that. Even though I have got good people now, but finding new ones. Yeah. So my first developer was like somebody on Freelancer who I was started subbing jobs out to whilst I was still using my other developers. And they were like, oh, I was like, fuck it, do you want to just come on full time? Because he was doing stuff like three times as faster and all this kind of stuff. I was probably getting scammed in India to be honest by this company. Um, yeah. yeah, like I was like, right, do you just want to come on full time? So he was like, yeah. And then I hired his mate. And then I hired his mate. And then now they do the actual like recruitment because with the development side of stuff, I'm not a developer. I understand how specific components and stuff come together. More like strategy as well. Um, but yeah, like hiring developers is really, really, really hard. And essentially, what they do is like set tasks. So they've got to complete something within a certain time, which is up to their standard. And they're absolutely ruthless as well. So like they'll gang up and like critique the developers' work. And if it's not good enough for them, because they're the super, super high level. Been around like for tens of tens of tens of years, like in, in experience. Mm. Like, if they if it's not up to their scratch, then you know they don't hire them. So they only get really good people in. Yeah. And yeah, they they pretty much handle it. Like I'll write the jobs pick out. They'll go out find people. I'll do the interview. But you know, all everything else from that point onwards, they like critique. Um, yeah. That's just really how how find people. So the whole team side of things then, because. I, I can never run an agency because I just have to build brands even though I'm fucking still trying to make one massive. But agency seems like a beautiful model. It seems very profitable. Well, you just make, it's an e-com company but you're selling hours. But do you, do you charge by the hour? Yeah. Well, you're not selling a project? So, obviously yeah, so we sell projects. You charge me by the hour. Yeah, no, we sell projects. But you pay by the hour to your team? Yeah. Is that what you mean? No, no. So, Every project is quoted by how many hours it's going to take us. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's how we just work out costs. Um, but and yeah. then you work out your margin per project based on what you're paying your team to do it? Yeah, per hour. So, because from an outside perspective, I mean, and I would say this as well, and it's a stupid question, but why would the, why would the, fr the skilled freelancer who's ultimately doing the work not just go and fucking get their own clients? Yeah, but they're not the freelancers. Like or poach the staff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, full-time full staff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so why would, why would yeah, they not go and get... X, Y, and Z client. Is it just a skill set that I have? To do, to do Shopify, which is what we specialize in, it's like a lad, but CRO, Shopify themes, like that kind of stuff, landing pages, design, fitness. There's so many unique job roles along the way. So you've got like a developer, you need a QA tester. So like a developer, if they create something, a lot of the time, you know, it's shit on different screen sizes. You need to go through and do testing. Notoriously, developers aren't very good at that. Ours are okay, but you know you need a QA tester. To so you're, you're good at putting the pieces together, and yeah, they, they the, are the pieces. But. Yeah, but there's a lot of like roles within that. And yeah. I used to do sales, and I'm lucky, obviously, to have like a sick network, which helps with like client acquisition. Like we don't do any outreach. I was going to get to that. Yeah, like 
That's the next question. Lucky to have like a lot of that outreach stuff, but one, a lot of the time they don't want to do it because they can't be asked. Like, there's a lot of developers I get messaging me. Like, sometimes they even play like the fucking. You were saying it earlier. Like, I need my rent is due. Like, you got any work? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of like bad. It's not always successful because there's so many people and there's a lot of companies that just do fall for that trap of going to India and and getting a cheap job done. You know, so I've honestly I've only ever really worked. <laughs> Me and Jack <laughs> use the same Indian developer. Yeah. She's a legend. But I've got to move on. Mm. It's not reliable. <laughs> not that they're all bad, like you said, but... Well, we looked after you, didn't you? The Go standard away. isn't quite the same in, yeah. on average. Yeah. And you, you are managing the whole thing yourself. Like, even if you do do that, like, you're having to manage all, all the people. Like, whereas with others, you just ring us and we just do something. Like, that's always the question. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess to answer this. So, it's kind of, yeah, I mean, it's true, isn't it? Like, as a founder in anything, and it's the way I'm, I'm trying to think about it more is you want to be like the conductor of an orchestra, not the fucking yeah. violinist. So yeah, we're putting it in it. But we but look like, at like entrepreneurship as being like fucking sick, like leading the charge. Mm. But other people who don't want to do it think of it as the pressure of paying staff, the pressure of paying the housing yeah, bills. Yeah, and, and it is all that, yeah. Yeah, there's so many different factors. It's wired differently. It. Yeah, but they can't just go and get clients like us because there's so many moving parts that are involved within doing it. Like yeah, and how many people are on the team now? So between 10, well, around 10. And they're all full-time? Yeah. Well, no. Like seven full-time. And then we keep going to work at max capacity. That's, I don't know, there's that many. That's a lot. Yeah, but we keep going to work at max capacity. But then a lot of time, like, if a customer rings us and they want something, like, straight away, like right now, and we're at full capacity, then we have, like, a few other people who are always doing work for us, but, you know, they're there, offensively freelancers, who can help us, essentially. Yeah. You know, but, but as soon as that person becomes like really, really, really full, because there's a higher cost of like working with a freelancer versus a, you know, a, 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 an employee, right. then we'll you know hire for that role. Yeah. Yeah. And how's the team structured? Is it mostly devs, or do you have like someone managing the team, and then so how does it look? So it comes back to the paying people well. So. A lot of my customers are listening now, like know our developers in and out, they're friends with them because they like a lot of the times they don't even go to me. Like so a lot of customers just prefer working with the founder and I think that's always gonna be the way. But a lot of customers have a relationship with our staff, so if they do need something, instead of going for an account manager in that traditional way of like them, you know, planning it in and doing all this bollocks, these guys can actually plan their own work schedules, look after a client and fulfill work themselves so there's no need really to have that different sort of account manager level i do the sales and i do the you know high level account management stuff and the upsells and all this kind of stuff but for like everyday day-to-day -day jobs you can just message our team and they'll look after it which is why we hire really good people who know how to do that kind of stuff and don't need micromanaging mm -hmm. so that's like the the trade-off of it but i don't want to be like a really big agency that's not my goal i don't want to have 50 people on the team and just keep scaling to that point yeah. because you do fall into the trap of and everyone says it like you know paid ads agencies that have 100 staff seo agencies development agencies you end up going to a company and the person that's actually doing your work is going to be junior they've just come out of uni they've been given a google ads account that's spending 15 grand a day yeah <laughs> i mean so we want to avoid all that and like stay boutique like it's the term boutique agency so that's mm. what we're going to try and do um, is it fully remote as well, team-wise? Yeah, completely remote. 
do you think you'd ever want to have an office in that more formal setup? Which Absolutely. is still something I debate. Absolutely not. I come to Bali and think, fuck yeah, I'm about being a nomad. Then other days I think I want to have an office in central London with 50 people. Yeah, well, for an age, yeah, for a brand. Can't decide. For a brand so still sick. can't decide though. For an agency, the client comes in and goes, fuck me, these guys are expensive because they've got a massive office. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So there's, there's that element to it as well. Like, with us, you get what you pay for. There's no fucking stupid overheads. <laughs> like, yeah. you just pay them for what you get, essentially. And it means that we can keep our costs down and like offer a better service than you know, our competitors, essentially, who you pay more for because they've got this Mayfair office and all this kind of mm. stuff which we don't have. Yeah, so true, yeah. so true. I still don't know if I'd ever have an office, but then I also can't imagine being like dirty, being a nomad. Not that I'm a nomad now, but I kind of am. <laughs> based in London. Yeah. Then I come to Changu and it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Different ways of doing things. Yeah. I'd rather just be here, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's true, it's true. Well, like, like, even then, like, I'd rather have a, like, I'm not, I don't have a girlfriend, but It'd be nice to have like a missus, not have to go into the office and just fucking float around the UK. Oh, like, sorry, float around the world. With her? Yeah, until you're older, because what happens is when you get older, people get girlfriends and they fucking spend more time with that. So if I have that, 30, 40, just travel about, still doing my work. Yeah, I know what you mean. Girls, girls entrepreneurship, I feel like are an interesting debate. Yeah. <laughs> we can get to that later, maybe. Yeah. Client acquisition then. Yeah. So, Obviously, when you were starting, mm-hmm. it sounds like you were fucking cold calling, leaflets, all the hustle stuff. Knocking on doors. I chased a guy said, down the road. What, <laughs> literally? Yeah, legit. I was coming out of the gym. I've seen the guy, and he had a unit next to the gym. I've seen him walking down the road. Oh, that's a fucking guy. Jumped, stopped my car, jumped out, like chased after him. I'm not going to say his name, but I was like, oi, um, yeah. can I have a meeting with you? He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, proper hustle. And then he said yeah. Jimmy wouldn't help you much because he didn't want to feed on a plate. Yeah. Like Jimmy didn't want to give me work. Like two years until I actually got any work out of it. Yeah, so yeah. When did you mentioned before a minute ago you don't do outreach or anything anymore. No. When did that change? Like obviously you were doing PPC as well before. Yeah. Was that just you get to a point where you've got enough clients that are referring you? you say yeah. through or what? So we had like the previous business which had like loads of data and loads of customers and that kind of stuff. So that was supporting us and then one day I just went on my website, I changed the headline to Shopify agency. Because we had Shopify on there, because that was like a service we started offering. Mm. Literally sat in the flat on my laptop, said, fuck it. I remember ringing, I think I messaged Jim and I was like, should I just change to a Shopify agency? Because I remember I didn't reply. So I just did it, like straight in, like just changed everything. Um, I wasn't getting a lot of traffic to the site at that point. But that for me then was like fully down the Shopify route and fully down the e-com route. Um, it was never, it's never really been a case of doing outreach. Like my, my skill is networking. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? So my, my thought always was getting into pockets of people. And like, if you have an opportunity to go somewhere, to go to it, I don't mean go to these networking groups where it's like, you know, the classic networking group. It's like 10 a.m. in the morning. You have a coffee with like loads of other people who yeah. are like, Drilling businesses and fucking that kind forced of shit. networking Princes. is just bullshit. Yeah, all that's bollocks. Um, but then, like, if you have a customer or somebody who you are working with who you know knows an ideal customer, like I used to go into, like, I wanted to work with this guy in Leeds, for example. So I knew his best mate. So I'd just go up to him, make peace, and introduce me to this person. And it's just, if you don't ask, you don't get. So just going through these people can you introduce me to this person. You, can just, you do it as many times as you want, and like. 
Yeah, yeah I need to do that more, to be honest. Yeah. I, I do it now and then, but... There's no harm in asking. Using so. your network. Most people are willing to help if you ask. Yeah, 100%. Generally. Yeah, I, it did help because I was younger, by the way. Like, I, I 100% believe that. Like, if it was a 30-year-old guy that's approaching you, or a 40-year-old guy who has this business and he's trying to sell his mate who has an e-com company, fucking sending you a cold email, like, just ignore it. Mm. But I feel like the conversation was, I know this kid, he's like, 21 years old, he's running a shop. Give him a chance. Yeah, give him a chance. It was like 100% that, like. But, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you take enough chances, you get somewhere. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that kind of network effect, like just going out and, and trying to do that kind of stuff. And then SEO as well. Like, uh, we're quite good on SEO. So if you search us, like, our brand name or, like, Shopify in a certain region, uh, we'll, we'll come up quite near the top, so that's always works. Because you can't run PPC as a Shopify agency, because Shopify's trademarked, essentially, so mm. that's like not a channel that we can do. And then, because it's high ticket, you can run paid ads, but for what we actually offer, there's a lot of like trust element involved, because it's such an important and integral part of somebody's business. They don't just want to Google and find a random company and just to trust them to build them an entire website for the business. So a lot of it always is networking. And I think particularly in the agency space it is. It's, you know, you've just got the majority of your leads will just come from networking. Um, yeah. And when you get a lead, have you got a salesperson? Is it you? It's just me. Always you? Yeah, always me. Do, do you like script that shit? I've never been in that world where no. you just get on and just be no. yourself. No. Sales is just getting information out of the person, listening, asking them the right questions, getting them to speak, and then telling them how they can help you based on what they've said. So there's never really a script because every customer is different. They want a different thing. So mm. you just ask the right questions. Come on, be a nice guy for a start. Like, don't be boring. <laughs> have a big smile. Like I always get told to smile. So have a big smile. Um, yeah, you can't really go wrong as long as you're good at your job. Do you find past clients help convert new ones a lot? Like the social proof? Um, every agency nowadays has brand logos all over the website, including yeah, ones that they've ne never worked with in a lot of cases. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so you do reference the work, but the work has to be good. So, like, yeah, it has to be a good brand. We never really get people, we really, rarely we get people that say, oh, you've done this company, because we, we have, like, portfolio pieces. The reason why we, we do it is because people search, like, who did the hairdresser website? And we have, like, a page on that which shows up on Google. So that's how we, like, acquire quite a few customers, like, these case studies and stuff. Um, yeah, so yeah. like it is, it, is a, it is a good source. Like people search that kind of stuff and like getting work from other uh, customers essentially. But yeah, it's not like a huge one. Yeah, so clients obviously brand owners versus agencies, very different things. Because we have a load of customers, we don't have clients. You have lesser than they pay a shitload more. Yeah. Obviously, reputation is super important and doing the job well. Because, like, I assume that affects retention and how profitable you are massively. Because, yeah. and it's the same with me. Like, I'll work with an agency or a freelancer, like one very recently, who takes absolute piss, and you never want to yeah. speak to them again. No name. Whereas the best ones, you refer a shitload of work. But some people don't seem to get that. Yeah. Agencies or freelancers. 100%. Like, so we don't do outreach, so we don't have any paid ads. Like, and I think it's just the agency way to go. Like, you can do ads. But for what we do in particular, so everything for us is basically just built on reputation. Like referrals is our biggest lead source, and I think that is probably the most common thing in agency world. Um, right down to the fact that like when we did do e-com, 
like and started doing Shopify stuff, we was doing jobs for two K for a full team. Like we were doing free work, which I know like Ollie, uh obviously friend of the pod. Yeah. Um <laughs> friend of that friend works. Of the pod. Yeah, friend of the pod, friend of that works. So Ollie's like uh he was saying as well, like when he was speaking that when he started he was basically just doing like free work for people and just getting a name and getting results and it's the same for us. That's like, how it should be though. Yeah, Because I find that some freelancers naming their names, like one recently, they think that the people they're dealing with have not been through that. So when you start a brand, when you start any business, you ain't getting fucking paid yeah. for like years. Mate, like I was getting... Probably was, even worse than an agency. I was getting jobs through that were like 40 grand in the quote, or like their budget's like 40 grand and I quoted for 10, just so I'm sure that we get it. Like even though that we could charge a lot more, like when we were getting like high level, I'm currently at 10K, just so I can know that we can secure the work, get the brand. Mm. Because I know that essentially like referral and, and having these brands on your, on your website <laughs> uh, is like gonna be game changing for us and you can reference work because that's what's gonna be the, the key differentiator is like, what work have you done for the brands? Like, and, and that's how you can know you can trust somebody. Particularly if there's a company that, you know, a lot of people look up to and it's like a, a leader in with this, within a certain niche, you get so many other people that you know, look up to that brand and then just, try and find the person who does their Facebook ads. I'll try and find that person who does their sort of, you know, website as such. Yeah. Yeah, it's so important. Do you think you as a founder is the reason you get referrals or is it the quality of the work? Like, do you build the relationships or is it the work itself or is it both? So we get referrals for both. Like, we get a lot of stuff. So I feel like every fucking agency. Yeah. I speak to Ollie a lot about it and I always take the piss. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. that's where you just every person refers to you a load of shit because you're just in this network and it's like, yeah. and it's just like so fucking profitable. And yeah, well it's 100% like, we get a lot of work, so for what we do, for a little advert for us, so a lot of the time we fix specific problems for brands, like there's a lot of stuff that, you know, your certain dev team or whoever you're working with, they'll just come a cropper and a lot of the time they'll try and use apps or do stuff like that. So we do like super, super, super custom stuff. So returns portals, bundle builders, special quiz stuff and features on product pages, product customizers. All this stuff that isn't standard Shopify developer stuff, that stuff all gets put into a case study and builds onto the website. We're a little bit behind it, like not done a lot recently, like in terms of publishing on our website because we've got a new one coming. And it's just a constant updating process. But when our new site goes live, you'll see all the crazy stuff that we've been doing recently. And like that stuff gets us work through Google because people are searching who built this, how did they do this, because we're fixing specific problems for brands. But then in terms of like networking as a, as a lead source, like yeah, 100%, like you have to be within these pockets of people. So like when I first met you, it was on that Marbs trip. So I got, <laughs> so yeah. I got invited. That was a heavy trip. That was a heavy trip. So I got invited That's and I'm a legendary like, trip. Yeah, like fucking hell, I've got to be there. <laughs> I mean, just to meet you, which is why I'm sat here and on the pod, but it's because you've got to put yourself in these situations to meet these people. And that's how, as an agency, you, you grow. Because how did you meet Ollie? In Marbella. Oh shit! Yeah, he's in Marbella. So he's in. Yeah, you do loads of stuff together now. Yeah, yeah, legit. Like loads and loads and loads of shit. Like I've always said, this strategic sense is the best way to meet people. Yeah, but the I strategic didn't. Strategic sense. But he didn't stay with us in the villa. No, he didn't. He was staying somewhere else. But then I didn't even come to the meal where he came and met you guys for the first time. You guys came out afterwards after I was with my other mates. And I just went outside for like a fag in the smoking area. Yeah. And fucking Ollie just comes off. He's like, you Jordan Hill? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then Joe comes marched up. 
fucking hell. <laughs> you your nil. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, he's like, oh, shit, like, we've got so much work for you. I'm like, we've been looking for a sick Shopify agency and all this for ages. And then that was just it. Like, yeah. but if I wasn't willing to put myself in that situation and go into a villa with people who I've never met before and just turn up, like everybody here was in that villa, you wouldn't, yeah. you know, but it's just, yeah. But it's just sales at the end of the day. It boils down, boils and then you meet someone it. that knows someone that knows someone, don't you? Yeah, that's just how Same it works. Anything. It spreads out like that. And you can, yeah. And, and, and as, you, as you do grow, it snowballs. Like, the leads that you get, and the, because your network becomes so big. Like, I've, I've got a lead just now come through, and it was like, the, I don't know who referred me. It was a big brand. And it's, the, on the calendly form, it was friend slash colleague. And that's, that's the most filled out thing on our calendar. It's just always referral. But it's like you, your network just becomes that big and you, and, you know, you meet that many people in, in your time and people talk about you that as long as you're doing good work, that's like the, <laughs> the main thing is to like actually be good. And like the, the main two things, if I was an agency owner, that I would focus on is the quality of your work. Because a lot of the time, people just keep doing the same old, same old, same old thing and trying to acquire customers. Whereas just look at what your competitors are doing. Is there a way that you can improve this? Is there a way that you can start doing a different design style for the websites? Is there a way you can improve your developers, like make websites faster? And just always trying to work on your service. And then that is going to feed into your referrals because you're going to be doing better work. And that's, they're like the two things. Like there's a lot of, and I, I compare myself to companies in Scunthorpe because that was where I started. But those companies who I used to think were my competitors, but they're not anymore, like we're miles ahead of a lot of them. Like. I go on the website and see the work that they're still doing. It's the same shit as five years ago. Mm. Like you've got to constantly be evolving because if you're not doing it, some other kid that's in a bedroom that is like me is going to be, you know, learning as much as he can, learning the latest stuff. So we may even not be with Shopify. Like we're a Shopify agency, but let's say three years down the line, this other platform comes out, all these e-com companies start moving to it. And this happened with Magento to Shopify. Like everyone was on Magento before and then moved on to Shopify. There may be a new platform, so you've got to be willing to change what you're doing and change your business and pivot in, essentially. Yeah, very which true. Is, which is what I've done, like mental health, <laughs> to building websites on Wix, to pivoting into e-com, to now we're doing email stuff as well. Like You've got to constantly be evolving. Yeah, we had some really shit clients that made life very difficult, or that said you were shit. Yeah. Or do they all love you? Yeah, yeah. We're not Adam's one of them. Yeah, and you. No. <laughs> We, tur we turned down more because I can, I can tell a bad client off from a mile away. How do you tell that? Because on Twitter, everyone says the cheapest clients are the worst. Yeah, 100%. The expensive ones are the There's always that meme in there. It's like $1,000 client is yeah. <laughs> versus a $50,000 client. It's, it's exactly the same. Like, it's the questions that they ask on the, on the call. Like, and I don't know. You, you can just get a really good sense. Like, it's a sixth sense. You can tell if somebody's going to be horrendous or not. And a lot of the time, it just comes down to like how successful is the business at the end of the day. Because back to that meme, like <laughs> it, how much money that person has depends how much they're going to be on the back and, and how much it means to that person. Like, if you get somebody who is super successful, they're super successful because they're good at delegating and they're happy to just leave you to do the job. The websites that are our worst, like, and I can I'm going to name them, but the the projects where. I don't like them, and what I'd consider as a bad client is the client that comes in and tries to put their spin on everything <laughs> for like no reason, and we, we give them reasons why for conversion rate perspective, and try and the ones that just basically don't let you have the freedom to do your best work essentially. But yeah, 
that's, it. that's pretty much it. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. How many clients do you have at one time, on like average? 30, but... And are a lot of them like retainers or are they just doing specific jobs? Yeah, a lot of them are retainers. Like, majority of our e-com clients like, we're constantly doing stuff for. Like, it's, it's a never-ending battle to update the site because they're always doing stuff. But we... I don't want to hire too many more people because it loses that like personal touch. Like people like working with me and you know having like a family feel essentially. Um, but yeah, like we yeah, it's just pretty much a, a cycle. And the other thing as well is you get a lot of people who have like international sites. So we may have like thirty clients now at one time, but one of them has like fourteen websites, <laughs> like yeah. all all different languages and that kind of stuff. And they'll have like multiple brands and all this kind of all that stuff. So, yeah. Do you think you can scale, keep scaling with just referrals? Yeah, 100%. It, it depends on the business model. Like, if it was a one-off thing, no. But because a client is someone for life, we've only ever lost one client in the past two years. Since we changed to a Shopify agency, we lost one client. And every single one, like pretty much every month, gives us work to do. So, yeah. How much further do you want to grow it? Is, is there like a specific goal? And has there ever been one? And I is want, there one now? I want to double our revenue. That's my like North Star goal. But once I'm there, that'll like fulfill my lifestyle that I want to live. Like drive the car that I want, have the house that I want, do the things that I want to do. Like even though to like a lot of people I may look like this super successful person, but in reality I just have a I do a P and L on myself. <laughs> and I probably don't spend such a stupid amount of money that you might think. Like, I just spend it on traveling and don't buy wear, wear like designer clothes. Like, spend stupid money on like <laughs> stuff like that. So, yeah, that'll that'll do for me once we've reached that level. Then I'm gonna start looking at other projects. Like, for me, because I was doing a lot of like local business marketing when I very first started my business. Like, I want to go into doing local business where it's like a restaurant, a cafe. Like even I was talking to Adam. Would you do that alongside the agency? Or would yeah, you get rid of the agency? 100%. No, no, I keep doing it. I love my agency. Like it's it's my baby. But I maybe do like car wrapping. There's like a pro, like yeah. There's a bra. Joey, just something that's like cool. Like I just diversify it out. Like I want to go into profit eventually. But yeah, like car wrapping, even like a car garage would be sick. Just doing like different things that like excite me. Something pick something that I can build up. Like do the marketing for because there's still an element of the marketing, the website, the video, the creative stuff. Because I think a lot of local businesses just fall behind in that respect because they're not these like big e-com brands. Their customer base is within like an hour, an hour's radius, and they get to a certain level and just get comfortable. Whereas like I think a lot of local businesses could have like sick content, run sick social media. Like a lot of the local businesses, particularly in Scunthorpe, that are doing well at the minute, where I'm from in Scunthorpe, are all the ones that just dominate social media. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So just doing stuff like that and just taking new projects on. How long would it take you to get to the double revenue point? I'm hoping yeah. this year. <laughs> well, and then you're done. Then you've reached your pinnacle at like age, well, I'll, what, 25 in a year? I'll probably make it a lot more comfortable, like streamline it, that kind of stuff. But we, we scaled to like, we did 3x this year, so 300% growth. And next year, if we double, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't want to get any bigger than that. I'll just be chilling. Because I'm, I'm motivated by money in a way because to do the things that I want to do require money. What card do you want? Fucking, I don't know, I'll be happy with the range. Is that, is that the car you mentioned, is the dream car? Yeah, well, hopefully when I get back to the UK, I'm going to buy one. <laughs> so I can get one now, but it's not like a Lambo or anything. But if I was going to get a fucking any car, I'd probably 
Lambo. <laughs> Just so much cheaper than that. Yeah, a range is a good wafter, sure. Yeah, because like my car that I've got now is like small, and imagine getting a supercar like even smaller. They are very small. Yeah, Not it's just it's just yeah. annoying you after a while. Yeah, so sure. fit my golf clubs in the back, get a big range. I want to move on to a different topic. You mentioned a mushroom farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've heard from Jimmy that he obviously has done some like charity stuff over the years, etc. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't mean you mention it on the pod. Maybe he's pretty private about it, but. You seem pretty charitably inclined from this story you were telling me. Yeah. So, so what's the deal with that and the background on that? So. And do you want to do more stuff with that? Yeah, so I love charity, like helping other people, that kind of stuff. Like, um, and that's even like down to my staff. Like one of my staff was like, right, I want to buy my mum a car. Because she didn't have a car, so she didn't have much money. Couldn't really work, so I want to buy more car so she gets around. So I'm like, right, that was a goal for me. It hurt him saying yeah. that was a goal for me. So put him in a position where if he hits certain goals, he gets certain money that he can, can do that. And then other people are like, all right, I want to buy a house. So I'm like, right, how can we get you there? Like things like that, just helping other people is actually what gives me happiness. So to the mushroom farm, crazy story. So we, five years ago, Jim brought me to Bali and we went across to a English school which he was supporting financially and took us up this mountain which is Mount Rinjani uh, in Lombok crazy day like two days trekking like hardest thing I've ever done best thing I've ever done and one of the kids that was on the trip he was called Ridwan like legend wore a bandana the whole time and missed the, the guy that runs the school like he's an Indonesian guy and he basically teaches the kids English to get jobs in hotels because that's the tourism that's available around there. Me and Jim just had like our trainers and our backpacks and vests and shorts and these boys were carrying the tents, the water, the food, everything and like I chatted to Reed one recently and he was like fucking hell yeah all I can remember is how heavy that backpack was because <laughs> he was like one of the oldest at the time and we did the trek, come down, that was it, didn't see him again. Come back to Bali this trip, go to Gilly Tea. This is like last month? Yeah this is like three weeks ago. I go yeah. to Gilly Tea and I've got my two mates there. We're checking into this hotel. And this guy goes, Jordan Hill. And I'm looking at this, like, as soon as I see this kid, I'm like, I definitely don't know you him. You speak good English? Yeah, he's speaks sick English. So yeah. I'm looking at this kid like, I definitely don't know him, but do I? Like, I'm just doubting myself, like, going around this thing. He goes, Jordan Hill. I'm going, yeah, yeah. He goes, Jordan Hill. I recognise that name. And my mates are going, yeah, he's famous, he's famous, yeah, like, famous basketball player, like, all this bollocks, yeah. yeah. And he goes, no, no, Mount Rinjani. I'm like, fucking hell. He's like, yeah, my name's Ridwan. And he was that cool kid from the trip. And basically, he's, he's learned English, he's been released from the school, he's gone and got a job, and then they send money back to the school for supporting, you know, their, their education. So he's like, right. So we took him out for food. Well, we went snorkeling first, like, crazy trip, got loads of photos. Went for food afterwards, and I was like, what did you do in COVID? And he was like, well, it was really shit because all the hotels shut. So I decided to start growing mushrooms. I'm like, okay. What, what sort of mushrooms? This is fucking, like, fancy name. I can't pronounce it, but it's, it's these, like, special mushrooms that are, like, a delicacy. Magic mushrooms, aren't they? No, they're not magic mushrooms. <laughs> you can't do that here, can you? No, that's no. legal. <laughs> that's haram. Um, so, yeah, so he was like, yeah, I was growing mushrooms. And then he explained it to me, and... It was like, per kilogram, it's like a pound you get. But he started doing it and selling some, and it was going well. So 
him and his friend decided to put money together to build this place, and they all live on this same plot of land. Like his brother, his uncle, his fucking dad, his mum, like they all live in this plot of land, and it's a real community place. So they built this big shed thing with his mate, and started like, the way that you basically make mushrooms is you pack a piece of plastic with sawdust, compact it together, and impregnate it with the seeds. You water it, and it's like infinite mushroom glitch. Really? So it's like no product cost, just water, once yeah. you've made the investment in the, in the pack thing. And he was saying that there's another company that was doing really well in the, in, in the island, so he wanted to do it. So yeah, he was doing well from it. It meant that he could pay his rent, which was a massive thing, so it got him through COVID. Then after COVID, his, his mate was like, right, I want out. So he's been paying his friend back and he's not been able to afford to keep the mushroom farm running. He's gone back to his well-paying job. But you say, I said to him, I was like, well, do you want to keep doing it? Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it could be like a really good, really good thing. Like by the sound of it, you can pay your rent, you can build your house, that kind of stuff. So I was like, yeah. And then he, he took me across to Lombok and he met his family and I went to his little place and he showed me his farm. And I just said to him like, look, do you want help doing it? And he's like, no, 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 no. Like, these, bear in mind, these guys are like 200 quid a month, like really, mm. really low wage, 200, 300 quid a month. And uh, he's like, no, 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 it's too much money. And I was like, and he's still paying his friend back. So I was like, look, well, I'll pay your friend back. I'll give you the money. It's not a massive amount of money for me. So, and he's like, yeah, but what if I lose it and it don't work? I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, if it means that I can help you, then it's 100% worth it. So in the end, he agreed to it. I was like, fucking sick. So he built this list of what he wants to do. So he wants to make like mushroom crisps and buy this machine and do this stuff. Um, he's got his mum who's going to go to the market and sell it. He's got, uh, he's going to be working in his job. So we've got like two employees who are going to keep coming and like tending to the mushrooms, keep pouring the water, packaging them up, getting them ready to sell. And yeah, we're like <laughs> fucking booting it back up again because yeah. yeah, he got his, got his mate out of it. But it just means, you know, helping people like that, like, I put it on my Instagram stories. Sometimes my fucking life just feels like I'm in an episode of like Yes Theory, that YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. that is <laughs> like, true. It looked like that recently. Yeah. But that's the shit that you tell stories about, like, I mean, like proper, you know, just, just these, these experiences, like what I live for. I mean, it's not about making loads of money. But and after I spent that time with his family, when I was slept on the floor, like fed me for like two days, like on this, on this trip that he took me out to. And I went back to my hotel. I was dirty because he took me on loads of trekking. I've had leeches in my feet, like done all this crazy shit. I've gone back to my hotel after these two days on the boat. Did some, did a, like a few Zoom calls and that. And I walked to the restaurant. I've never felt so grateful in my life for like just the hotel that I'm in, a bed, because I've been sleeping on the floor. Yeah. Like these people actually live that life. And like the, even the waiter, because it was the same hotel that that guy was working in. So like, I'm, I understand how much he's earning. I've just ordered like some ribs and they've come out and he can't afford to eat that food. I'm like, I've, I always like, felt like crying at that moment in time. Like the, the perspective that you have after living that life for two days. And I know that's not like living it full time. You never under, you'll never understand that unless you are in like extreme poverty, but being in that position, sat in that seat, ordering that food from that guy. And I know how much he's paid and I know what his life's actually like. Cause I've done it for the past two days. I've never felt so grateful for even a bed or the food that I have. Mm. And it just like, I think there's like a, a Roman philosopher, Jim told me this, but like... A Stoic? Yeah, like, a, oh no, he was, like, he was like an emperor. But he used to go into, oh, really? he used to go into his like uh, city and like change his appearance and practice poverty because it does have like a massive uh, astounding effect on you. Yeah, it's true. It's easy to lose perspective in it. 
I think yeah. I read some stat, and it's like basically if you're in England or you know, yeah. America or whatever, like winning the lottery, you're, you're in like the top five percent of the world just yeah. by being there. Yeah, legit. Like it's like and literally winning the lottery. Easily perspective on that. Mm. It is interesting. But then you never know, like truly know, until you actually live that life and actually do it. But I don't even have a, a full perspective of it. But like, it, had to, it like teaches me a lot about happiness, that kind of stuff, because they were like completely happy. We're in the house, which is a tiny place, which is the size of this. Mm. They fed me. There's no TV. <laughs> like, you just sit there on the floor, no chair, a few mats on the floor. And to me, like, I think they was happy. Like, just chilling. You don't need materialistic stuff to be happy. It's just like experiences and people around you and that kind of stuff. It's a bit of an illusion, illusion, isn't it? I don't know. I sometimes wonder why I'm chasing making so much money. Yeah. I think it's always been freedom, but then actually, my parents say this to me all the time, and they're not the right people to say goodbye to them. But if you actually break it down, you don't actually need as much as you think to be free. No. I guess it's more just, oh. I don't know, just like a fucking. I think I said it earlier, like, I don't actually spend that much money. <laughs> like, in yeah. all honesty. Like, yeah, it's true. You don't need that much, but it's, it's just... Nice you know, to have. Yeah. Rather than need. Yeah, 100%. In five years, then, where do you see yourself? Uh, Still in Bali, or no? Nah. <laughs> Probably playing golf, chilling. <laughs> like, don't really have, like, a five-year plan. I have, like, a one-year plan. What's the one-year plan? I guess you mentioned it. Yeah, double the size of my business and streamline it more. What, I then start a fucking kebab shop or some shit? <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned shop. the physical business. What was it? Yeah, like, fuck it, I don't know. Like, I'm just going to do something. No, you mentioned an example. I've forgotten. Like a car wrapping or something. Yeah, that was it, yeah. car wrapping. Yeah, just something like that. Like Something physical. Why physical? Because I think... When you seem to like freedom, travelling and shit. So, I know exactly why that is. So, it's because my business is completely remote. So... People can go into an office and see all the staffs out there. Like, I even have a thing where I'll go into the kitchen at home and I'll, like, think, like, oh, imagine... And I even tried to do it for yeah, Christmas. Yeah, I know what you mean. I tried, to have, I tried to make a Christmas card and get an illustrator to draw all our staff sat around desks <laughs> and to, like, send that because I wanted to see what it would look like because I used to have that when I used to work in a job. I've never, like... Well, I've obviously met some of my staff, like, did the trips, the trips to see them and stuff, but, like, fucking... What would it be like if there was an office and have something physical to go into every day? I've, n I've never had that in my own actual business. I've never seen it. Like my business doesn't exist other than like online and like the, pe the customers I meet and stuff. Yeah. And like the staff that I speak to. So I'd like to have something physical where I can be like, fuck me, I, just, I built that, do you know what I mean? Like, so that's why I've got that itch to make something, something local because I want to visit it, <laughs> see it with my eyes and like say I built that other than just looking online. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right, final question. I ask everyone. And by the way, we could probably do a part two where you tell all your crooked stories, but <laughs> yeah, we've actually kept a lot out. I'd get demonetized, yeah. and I wouldn't be allowed to publish this shit. Yeah. Do you give three bits of advice to your eighteen-year-old self? Yeah. I maybe in your case, fucking fourteen-year-old self. Yeah. Knowing what you know now, what would it be? Well, that diversion. But do you know people say who would you have food with? Do you only go for people? Ask yeah. Me, what three people would you have food with, dead or alive? It'd be me three times. At like different ages in my life, and just have a chat with them. I'd fucking love that. I'd find that more what, interesting. In the past or the future? No, in the past. Maybe one from the future in like 30 years. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't want to know. Yeah. I'd like to have a word with myself like a few years in the past. But like, three bits of advice. Probably don't take, don't be too hard on yourself. Like, 
uh, save money and I don't know, probably don't eat as much so you don't put on weight, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm now getting rid of. <laughs> How much weight have you lost? Like 20, 25 kilogram. What's the goal? 100 kg. It's another 13. Yeah, I was in good shape when I was, I did an MMA fight and I was 100 kg and I was in good shape. Has it been business stress that's put it on? Covid and business stress, yeah. 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 Fucking, fucking relax. I'll stop doing the marathon. It's like a joke that I have to ban delivery on my phone because it's like... <laughs> Diet's like, so important. Spend all my money on it. So yeah. I just get rid of that. Ah, well, it's been a good episode. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. You've been a great guest because I've just fucking listened. Thanks. Apologies for all the background noise. We had about 20 people in this room for about an hour that wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't respect the fact we're filming a pod. But as always, subscribe to the pod. Go check out... Oh, I should put a fucking affiliate link in this. I'm not going to. Go yeah. check out That Works nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in the bio. Uh, Ollie said they got about fuck, a shitload of referrals from the pod. Yeah. So. so if you're on Shopify and you need yeah, Tom Browns, please feel free to get in touch if you want to speak to me. Calendar links on my website, thatworks.agency. And follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Horden Jill. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah, Horden yeah. Jill. Instead of Jordan Hill, Horden Jill. Yeah, Horden Jill, Jill on Instagram, the yeah. Yeah. Um, as, yeah. As all the links down there, as always, subscribe to the pod. We'll probably do a few more out in Bali. Um, I'm trying to get a legendary group pod going, but I can't promise anything. We'll see how long we're here for and who's on it. But thanks for watching. See you in the next episode. I can't do the usual mic microphone push because we're using the little clip-ons. Yeah. But cheers for watching. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening.